Hi, guys, and welcome to the Healthified Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McLaughlin, holistic health coach, writer, and wellness entrepreneur who has, for over 15 years, delved deeply into my passions of nutrition and health. Before we get started, this episode of Healthified is brought to you by our sister company, Gratified, a natural foods company I launched in order to make a more impactful change in the packaged food space. Our products are made with real food ingredients and blood sugar balance in mind. For a discount off of our products, visit gratified.com and use the promo code HEALTHIFIED at checkout. Today's guest is Leanne Rybakov, a board-certified functional medicine health coach specializing in women's health. Leanne takes a personalized, multi-dimensional approach in helping her clients reach their health goals. She has extensive knowledge on helping women heal their digestive discomfort, create healthy habits with food and weight, and ultimately lead a happy, healthy life. Through her work, she has found that women are walking around feeling bloated and uncomfortable. You can download her resource, Five Ways to De-Bloat Your Belly, in our show notes. She is also offering our listeners 10% off of her three-month health coaching program, and you can book a free wellness call with her and the link provided in the show notes as well. In our conversation, we discuss starting a business when you are seven months pregnant and navigating the highs and lows of the CPG world, how to recognize when you are no longer passionate about your job and steps to pursue your true interests, the five pillars of health and why there is so much more to health than being skinny, how the source of your motivation may be holding you back from success and happiness, the one piece of advice for parenting that will benefit you and your kids. Let's head to our chat. Hi, Leanne. Hi, good morning. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Good. It's so good to have you on the Healthified Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited about our conversation. Likewise, thank you for having me and making the time. I know you have a crazy busy schedule. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's definitely been um, truncated with baby, but I love to have these interviews. And so I try and fit them in and just excited to see where this goes. Um, And for those of you who don't know, this is Leanne Ribikoff. She is a functional medicine certified health coach. And interestingly enough, we got connected through Gratified um, with the products and she actually had a natural foods CPG company years ago, which I cannot wait to kind of hear more about and share our war stories, if you will. Um, So with that, let's just have you kick it off and tell about your background story and how you got to where you are. Absolutely. So um, currently today, I'm a functional medicine health coach and I have a private practice as well as I work alongside a functional medicine practitioner and I coach her patients. But before I got here, um, I guess my journey started with my passion for health and wellness um, that dates back to probably when I was a little kid. I just kind of didn't know how to find my my roadmap of where I wanted to be, what was authentic to me. So basically, I, um, I went to culinary school while working in um, logistics, completely unrelated to food. Um, And I um, hated it. (laughs) I think I just found the word, the the wrong culinary school. I went to a French culinary school, which was like butter, 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 and more butter. And I'm interesting, very much into wellness. But while there, I realized that I really wanted to do something with food. Like it had to be a business and I'm not going to share the entire long story, but basically while there, I came up with this product that was a snack food company. It was made with buckwheat, which I grew up eating, which is a really healthy 
pseudo grain. It's actually a seed. It's gluten-free and no added sugar. It was a snack that I created for myself because I was running. And here it was, I decided to have a CPG company having zero background in business, knowing absolutely nothing about what it is to have a CPG brand, (laughs) but just having, just being so passion forward. And I think my passion is my drive is the same as it is now. It was just like to share with the world, this amazing grain that they should all are pseudo grain that they should all be eating. So long story short, I was doing that for five years from like, while being pregnant, which we'll talk about probably, um, at a farmer's market, I launched it at a farmer's market, seven months pregnant with my daughter. And I took it all the way to local distribution to whole foods, um, online distribution, like offices. But ultimately I kind of realized that I was running a business and not really it was all business, business, business. And it was really just not authentic to me. And I came to a place where it was in all honesty, making me miserable. And I had two little kids. I had no time for them. And then I actually met with a career coach. No, I actually first started with my brother asking me, what do you love about Buck? What? That was the name of the company. And I just couldn't name a single thing anymore. Like five years later, it killed me. It like defeat. It just really just drove me. And, And the reason for that was mostly because it turned from something that I was really passionate about into this really competitive space, which I'm sure you could relate to. And just, we could talk about all the details, but basically I met with a career coach and we were discussing my strengths, what I love, what I want to do. That led me to get a nutrition education, which ultimately led me to um, attend the FMCA functional medicine coaching Academy, which is an affiliate of IFM, the Institute for functional medicine graduating um, in March, 2000. 21 this past year. Um, mm-hmm. but I have been coaching for two years because you could start coaching before your graduate. So anyways, that's right. how I got here. Um, and now I feel at home. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so great. And I definitely want to unpack all of that. Um, yeah. especially when it comes to like alignment and authenticity, um, because I think that there's probably so many people out there that feel just the way that you feel, but they're forcing it and they're efforting and they're staying in a place that they don't want to be. Um, and it takes a lot of courage to make a change like that. Um, so I commend you for it. And I know that kind of your insight will help a lot of people who are listening. Um, but I want to back up a little bit and just kind of start from the beginning when you said your passion for health and wellness stemmed from childhood. Um, because I think people's health stories, quote unquote, are really interesting. And, um, it's, you know, kind of funny, just you and me specifically as an example, like, I had no idea what health was until I got to my mid twenties. Um, and it's kind of funny that you and I are now, like I would say on par in a very similar place, but with very different backgrounds and stories stemming from all the way back to childhood. So tell, um, us a little bit more about that. And like, were your parents really health conscious was nutrition, something that was talked about at every meal? Like, what was that like? Yeah. So I think I have to maybe correct myself. I'm not sure if like health and wellness within food dates back to childhood mm-hmm. as much as my passion for the food world. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the story is that we're actually, I'm actually um, an immigrant. My family and I came from Ukraine um, mm-hmm. when I was six years old. So mm-hmm. that's where the love of buckwheat comes from. Cause it's mm-hmm. a staple food in Eastern European culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, so I, I was always very passionate about food. So like from the age, I would say it was like seven when I peeled my first potato and would always cook with my parents. But 
at the time growing up as an immigrant family, I was really jealous of all my friends who got to eat like Chinese food, whereas my parents always cooked dinner. Like there was always a home cooked meal, which is now is like the gold mine. Yeah. (laughs) My mom worked a full-time job and made sure there was always a hot meal on the table. But, um, my, as far as wanting the health and wellness stuff, I initially wanted to do something with it. I think in high school, I started to become curious about like what's healthy, what's unhealthy. And I think that my idea of health and wellness was completely skewed at that time. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I understood what it was. I think I thought being skinny was healthy. And I thought that, you know, eating hundred calorie packs of cookie thins or whatever those were. Yeah. I think that had a lot to do with our society. Just people just didn't understand. And a lot of people still don't, still don't have like a full understanding of what health and wellness really is. But um, and then in college, I mean, I can't say I was healthy in any way. I did want to get a dietitian degree, but it was a very comp- I went to the University of Michigan and there was no, there was no major like that. So I think finally, when I started to really understand health and wellness, where mm-hmm. I am now, mm-hmm. um, probably dates to post college where I was kind of living on my own in New York city and exploring what's around me. But I think and I try to explain this to clients and patients is that wellness is a really, really, really wide spectrum yeah. and it has no ceiling. So I think you can go in one direction for a really long time, you know, to, so I think my family instilled the, the importance of home cooked meals, but I don't know if it was more from a monetary or health perspective, mm. but now my parents are really the epitome of health. Whereas like they were maybe not so much before because they just didn't yeah. understand it. Yeah. 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 And I, I think you're right. I think it is a major um, societal evolution. We kind of find ourselves in, I mean, I think that the counting of the calories um, is unfortunately still something that um, has stuck around because I would continuously hear that in my health coaching clients as well. But I think people are starting to understand this umbrella term of wellness um, and, you know, even though nutrition remains to be a confusing realm, if you will, people are, you know, they're taking more control of their own health and turning to people like functional medicine practitioners. And um, so I think that we're moving in the right direction, but yeah, it's kind of, um, you know, cause my mom always encouraged home cooked meals, but I mean, I'm from the South. So it was like, you know, a lot of um, fried, um, fried stuff that you would do, or just like potatoes and meat and all this stuff. So, um, I think it's just really interesting how sometimes people's stories can evolve. And then once you kind of enter adulthood, if you will, you're able to kind of, um, take more ownership and responsibility for your health and well being. That sounds like what happened yeah. to you. Um, and so, you know, before we kind of talk a little bit more about your CPG business, um, I noticed on your website, which is kind of what you're talking about, that you had always kind of gra- um, gravitated towards this health and um, real food type um, of lifestyle, but you didn't fully understand what it meant to be healthy until you weren't. So what would say, what would you say your definition of health is for you now? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause you just mentioned that, um, just quickly to tell like, so when I was during college, I studied abroad in Italy and my friends Mm -hmm. used to make fun of me because I used to just say, well, this is all so fresh and natural. Like this is all so fresh and natural. I mean, then we'd go off and drink bottles and bottles of red wine, which now I know is not healthy. Mm -hmm. I think in that moment, I understood the, the concept of like whole foods Mm -hmm. while still eating processed foods. Right. 
So I think for now, in as far as health and wellness, it's really so pers- it's it's so personal. It's yeah. so specific to what people's goals are. One person might want to mitigate their stress. Another person, and if we if we actually focus on just the food part, right? Someone's goal might be complete weight loss with with disregard to what they're eating, right? They just want to lose weight. It doesn't matter. It's a calorie counting. I'm not for that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, health and wellness is if it's five pillars. It's not just food. It has to do with stress. It has to do with sleep. Sleep is like the number one place I start with every single client, whether they want to or not. We will always right. talk about sleep. You're not sleeping unless you have a newborn, which I know is completely out of our control. <laughs> You're just never going to, you're never going to reach your goals because yeah. there's so many things that are having on a bio, happening on a biological level to your body. They have no idea that it's happening. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it is a spectrum for me personally. It's, it's taking into account these five pillars, which is nutrition, movement, stress, sleep, and your supportive relationships. So mm-hmm. if you're eating a pound of kale a day, but you're biting your nails, you're so stressed out your body, you're, 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 I don't know, to me, that's not really being in a healthy place. Well, right. Yeah. Like mind and body, because, you know, with cortisol running rampant in your body, like there's like a hormonal imbalance that's happening as well as like a mindset piece that's missing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly where like the sleep factor comes in. When I bring it to the attention of people that are trying to lose weight, it's always like, when you're not sleeping from, again, from a biological perspective, your cortisol levels are up. Your blood sugar is not being balanced. Your body is naturally holding on to fat because it thinks you're going to be chased by a tiger. Like it, it doesn't, yeah. our bodies don't quite understand the difference or our minds and bodies between current day stressors and the stressors of like being chased by a tiger. Right. Exactly. <laughs> from, it's, yeah. Yeah. Same physiological right. response, yep. um, except it's not happening in an acute way. It's happening in a chronic way. Um, yes, absolutely. And I could relate firsthand and if we, we, t- we could touch on that. The CPG world is very stressful. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's get into it because I yeah. know personally I'm a little selfish and I just want to hear about your yeah. <laughs> story um, and kind of um, what that experience was like launching a company like that, being seven months pregnant and kind of the lifestyle that followed. Okay. I think I missed that question. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Our sound is breaking up a little bit. Um, just so interested in kind of what that was like, um, launching a business seven months pregnant and then the kind of lifestyle that followed thereafter, um, until that pivotal moment, explain to us a little bit more about that, especially with the stress piece involved. Yes. And that's the one that I really want to focus on because I think being in the CPG world, if anyone is in the CPG world, that's listening to this and Sarah, obviously a firsthand experience. It's you're like, like you said, you're wearing blinders most of the time. Like you don't, the, the, I always say being in the CPG world, the highs are really high and the lows are really low. Yeah. Cause so, I mean, you, you said yeah. that you didn't really know what you were getting into. And I'm like, well, if she did, she probably wouldn't have started it. <laughs> And I, and I don't know, because like you are, it's like, like the, the ego runs really like the ego goes crazy when you're in this Ugh. world, because you're so convinced. And I'm still convinced I had an amazing product. I just know that I didn't have a business sense to drive it. So anyway, so I started the business from this passion place where I really just loved the product at the time. It was these little snacks plus granola and bars. And I launched it and I, you know, started to get into stores. I had one mentor who was incredible to me and his his advice was just start selling, just start selling. When I first want, you know, I had this idea and I'm like, I'm just going to have a manufacturing company make the product. And I would call all these 
co-ops, right? Is that what they're called? Oh my God, I forgot now. Co-packers. Co-packers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I called all these co-packers and they're like, do you have a hundred thousand dollars? Do you have a hundred thousand dollars? And I'm like, this isn't going to cost a hundred thousand dollars. Like who really spends that much money on this, on these brands? Anyway. So the point is I, I took it through so many different steps with farmer's market, then into stores. I was hand-making the product. Then I had it in a co-packer, a really small one who ended up messing up the whole line, causing it to have mold mm. and had to pull moldy product from Whole Foods, all these stressors, stressors. Um, eventually I got into an incredible co-packer and the manufacturing part was incredible. Mm-hmm. But what happens along the way is the more you grow, the more there's a demand and there's all these stressors that come with it. And I think in the beginning, just not understanding the industry completely, yeah. I just didn't accept these stressors. Mm. And they just kept accumulating, but I didn't, it was like getting over one hump, getting over another one. And like I said, the highs were high. So you get into a store you're like, yay, it's great. And then all of a sudden you find out one day the product has mold and you're like, this is horrible. Or you sign up for a trade show and you pay thousands of dollars and like no one approaches your table, right? Like, or you do these trade things, you know, these uh, farmers markets on you know, in the middle of New York city. So I think ultimately what had happened is I had two little kids and that I wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. They demanded my attention and I'm going to be fully honest. And I have so many regrets about it, but you can't move backwards. You got to move forward. Mm-hmm. I was more consumed with my company than my kids. I would nurse my daughter, hand her off and go try to sell this product instead of like enjoying these beautiful moments of her life. Same yeah. with my son. I was pregnant with my son and I was just working very long hours on my feet, making the product. I was stressing myself out and, and I, it was hard to let go, even though like, I think in in my mind, like I knew that it could never, like the ultimate goal with a CPG brand is to be profitable or to be bought out. It's very hard to do either one. Right. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But you don't realize it while you're in it because you think everybody else is. Yeah. And nobody else is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's oh my very, gosh. It's very stressful. <laughs> yeah. And like a small anecdote to kind of illustrate what you're saying. I just, I, you're so right about the highs being high and the lows being low. And the fact of like, I remember this um, one, two day period so well of that evening, one evening, my husband, who is my partner in this business and brings a whole other layer of complexity, but we were literally high-fiving and doing like chest bumps. I can't even remember what we were celebrating. And then the next morning I was literally sitting on my bathroom floor, having a panic attack and like sobbing panic attacks. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. So, I mean, um, were you kind of aware of the stress side of things at the time? Like was stress management, something that you were, um, you were engaged in, or did you feel like you were just kind of living in your mind and, just being taken over by it, if that makes sense. hundred percent taken over by it. I had no stress management. I worked out every single day thinking that was stress management. That's like another thing now, respecting my body a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think my ultimate stress management was like going out with my husband on a Friday night and having a few martinis. That is yeah. not the way I manage stress now. <laughs> I don't, you know, that's just completely not the way I manage stress now. It wasn't like one of those come home every day and have a glass of wine. It was more like, you know, it, it was so confusing in my head. Like yeah. I, and I, the, the reason I know, like I kind of even self-diagnosed like adrenal fatigue at yeah. the end because 
you don't know. I mean, it's cumulative. Like you said, it's chronic stress every day. You're like running around. Like I just like, it was, I think there was moments when I would cry because something would happen. But meanwhile, my husband, who's, he's a psychiatrist. He oh, was wow. Nice. Like, he's a psychiatrist. I would have I'm him a like, lawyer. So, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, like he, he, you would think he'd be like, I think you're stressed out, but he was more like, he was so supportive. Like I needed like boxes delivered to Whole Foods at 5.30 in the morning. And he'd like drive at 5.30 in the morning with, and we have these two little kids. So I think that if, if I'm like being heard, if anyone's like listening about this thing, it's like, you, you need to step back and evaluate things. And I think my ego, like this, I cannot fail took mm-hmm. over probably in year two. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just silencing that voice for mm-hmm. three years, because mm-hmm. the reason I brought up what my brother had asked me is because I kept giving myself these like, well, if this doesn't happen by this date, then this, if this doesn't happen by this date, then this. And I kept saying, but I love Buckwood, but I love Buckwood. And literally stressing my whole family out and and around me. Like everyone was like, because my highs were so high and my lows were so low. And finally, when I was sitting with my brother and he said, well, what do you still love about it? Because I didn't have to be doing this business. It wasn't lucrative. It wasn't bringing in money. All it was doing was really costing me money and my time with my kids and all the stress. Right. And when he asked me that question and I was like, nothing at this point. And yeah. I hate having this conversation with you, Sarah, because if you ever stopped making gratified <laughs> bars, I would kill you. But <laughs> don't <laughs> worry, I guys. Just, yeah, don't worry. Because yeah. I, I mean, those, that's an amazing product. I think, I think ultimately I also had hired a mentor or not a mentor. I had hired um, like a business coach or whatever that steered me the wrong way. I think I made a lot of poor decisions mm-hmm. along the way. And, and I'm okay with it. I think it was also because I didn't have a business degree. I didn't understand business. I didn't under, I was just passion forward. And I think that's why coaching fits so well for me because yeah. they don't, you don't have to have a business side of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. coach everyone for free. And I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so, um, what would you kind of, if you could tell yourself, um, your younger self in this situation or anyone who's listening, who finds themselves in a business, um, or just kind of, in that hustle grind mentality and, um, feels a little trapped or stuck, but knows that it's not time to part ways yet in terms of like stress management, what would you tell somebody? So we have this tool that we use with coaching where it's a decision balancing sheet. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not just like pros and cons of continuing buck what Mm-hmm. It's pros and cons of continuing Bakwat. It's pros and cons of not continuing Bakwat. Mm-hmm. And you have these four quadrants and you, you take a look and this is kind of how I work with clients and patients when they're like, should I give up TV or should I not give up TV? Should mm-hmm. I give, you know, things like that. I think if I had just had someone have a conversation with me about like, where is, where do you see this going? Like, what is the goal? Is it to make money? Is it to have a passion project? Is it to have a hobby, right? It's kind of to evaluate, but I think ultimately, ultimately is to take a step back and be okay with just putting an end to it. If it's not working, like really evaluating what your personal strengths are and how they're aligned and your personal, like authentic self, how it is aligned Mm -hmm. with this business, Mm -hmm. because not all of us are made to be business people. Not all of us are made to be, you know, that there's, you know, not nobody, not everyone could be a chef. Not everyone can be a financial advisor, right? There's a certain person. Um, 
I think if anyone is in this business right now and they're not sure, I'm not encouraging anyone to stop working. It's just more being really honest with yourself. Like, is this really what you want to be doing? Is this, right. is this really it? Because like I said, maybe if my brother had asked me that question a year before that, maybe if I was like, oh, like I, somebody turned on the light bulb and I was like, mm-hmm. this isn't worth it to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, and I don't want to, and I don't want it to sound like, cause I, I don't like, I never looked at myself as a failure in this. I mean, mm-hmm. I did, there was a little few moments where, where I, during the process, like I couldn't fail, I couldn't fail, but I was just making, I was digging the hole deeper and deeper, and deeper as the time went on. Yeah. So I think that I could have gotten out of it a little bit easier. Luckily for me, it all worked out. Like I had a final manufacturing run when COVID started, but I had already started coaching because I just got this. I got, I was able to get trained and I just loved it so much. But I think just being honest with yourself Mm -hmm. about it, because it's, it's tough. It's tough, especially if it's something that you're passionate about and it's your baby. Like I'm sure gratified is your firstborn. Like yeah. what was yeah. my firstborn? <laughs> yeah. So that's um, a really good point to bring up is this concept of failure. And I like, and even though we all can feel that way, I like to remind myself that there's no such thing as failure. There's only no. lessons. Yeah. So what lessons did you learn in that experience that you have been able to kind of carry on, um, carry forward or bring to your new business? Oh, so many, but that's exactly that. I actually teach it to my kids when my kids are like, Oh, I'm like, everything's a lesson, even though they have a tantrum. And I'm like, what did we learn from this? Right. Everything is a lesson to be learned. Every time we fall, we learn. Um, but what taught me to be kind to myself that I am able, I'm allowed to do what I love. I'm allowed to do what brings me joy. It taught me to really ask myself, what is the motivation? I'm going to be honest, but what started with intrinsic motivation, because it was something I was passionate about but it slowly turned into extrinsic because I was trying to prove to everyone around me that I could do this. Mm. So always looking at what I'm doing now is like, is this bringing me joy? Like I currently work for a functional medicine doctor. It's different coaching than per, than one-on-one clients. Is this still aligned with my authentic self? Is this still aligned with what brings me joy? We don't always have to do what we like. There's going to be parts of every business that you're not going to like, like, right you know, but it's making sure that the scale is weighed properly, that you're not doing only 10% of what you like while doing 90% of what you don't think the number one goal. And this is really for everything is what is the motivation? If it's intrinsic, go keep it going. It's you're self-motivated. If you're trying to prove it to someone else, it's time to stop or or reevaluate. That's such a good point. And, you know, when I was coaching, um, I do believe that the more objective nutritional science is such an important part of educating a client, especially when they're coming from um, a place of trying to figure that out, or there's uncertainty, or they're wanting to move more or practice more mindfulness. But a lot of the times, especially when it comes to an unhealthy relationship with food, nine times out of 10, there would be some sense of life misalignment, right? Like they weren't finding joy in their day. So food would be that joy. Like I remember when I was working in corporate banking, like four, my four o'clock snack would be like the highlight of my day because I was putting my fingertips in my eyes because I was so bored. Um, but, um, so can you explain what life alignment and kind of the difference between even like physically, mentally, emotionally, how you felt 
efforting and running that business versus how you feel now coaching um, and what you kind of see in your clients in that way has to do with like overall health. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like within what I was doing, I mean, we all, we, we always have to take these five pillars kind of into account. Right. Mm -hmm. So like you said, like you were bored, it was a state of mind. So you're eating hopefully a healthy snack, but maybe not. Right. I find, you know, like I, you know, with, you have to kind of look at all these spaces. Like if we're focusing on, and I hope I understood the question correctly, but if we're focusing on nutrition specifically, right. And this, it's never about the food. It's, it's right. really never about the food. There's, there's kind of too, so many different things when it comes to coaching. And when it came to the, like, just like with the CPG business, right. It's, it's sort of like, what is the main focus? Is it to create a healthy relationship with food? Is it to eat for longevity? Is it to eat for vibrance? Like, is it to eat so you could run a marathon? Right. And that right. has to do with all these factors. So I think personally, when I was running buck, what, I still ate healthy. Like I was always still having my green smoothie in the morning and I would have healthy lunch and pretty much a healthy dinner. I think I I was just so stressed out. I could have had 20 spirulina smoothies a day and my body was like rejecting me. But the worst part about it all is that I didn't know it was happening at the moment because the acute stress, we could kind of know you have a like panic attack, something that's very serious. But when it's chronic and it's like these little drips all the time, you're not really aware of what it's doing to you long-term. Like my fuse was so short. I look back at it and I, I feel so bad. Like I would yell at my kids. It was never their fault. I was yeah. just so stressed. My lifestyle now is so different. I still have my green smoothies. I've, I've almost created even a healthier relationship with food because I think that with buck, what I needed to have be able to control something that was because buck, what was so out of my control, yeah. but maybe controlling my diet or my kids diets, Right. Yeah. But now I have, I feel like and I always say there needs to be a balance. Food still has, food should still bring you joy. Like you should right. just, it's just about mindfully eating that snack or eating because you're trying to shut something up or fill a void or, you know, so I think now my relationship with my body is even better. Like I'm yeah. not pushing myself to do an hour workout every single morning because that's just my outlet for whatever was going on before. It's right. more like knowing what you need on a daily basis. And when I talk to people like where I am today, it took many, many years. Like I didn't always have a healthy relationship with food or my body or it takes years, but you have to start somewhere and you have to start with what works for you. It's very important that it's personal. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, again, like I could be speaking these words and I think the difference that, um, you know, holds people back from achieving their goals is consciousness and awareness for what they're doing. And I too have had a past of like very emotional eating or disordered eating and over-exercising. And, um, I've talked about that on the podcast before, but like, and sometimes those habits have not completely gone away. Like even these days I can find myself, um, like to your point, like, turning to wanting to do a really hard workout because I need something in the physical realm to control or, um, mid afternoon, knowing that I'm not physically hungry, but I want something sweet and I'll give my permission, myself permission to have it. And I'll even kind of speak that out loud. I mean, like I'm turning to this for emotional reasons right now, but what that consciousness does is it doesn't turn on that autopilot flip switch, right? Like so many people, when they emotional eat, they don't have consciousness for it. So all of a sudden they look down and the whole sleeve of Oreos is gone. 
But if you were to be like, I'm going to give myself permission to have this knowing what I'm doing, and maybe I'll have one or two and walk away. Like there's still this like element of control. Like, I don't want to bring the word control into food because I don't think it needs to be that tight grip control. But I think that there's just like, again, this consciousness for a habit, even if you know that it's like maybe not the most nutritious choice or what have you, but there's awareness for it. And so you're able to kind of yeah. Um, I think also the other factor is not having the guilt that's yes. associated with it. And I think that's kind of the biggest component, at least for me, was mm-hmm. a challenge to overcome that if at three o'clock I'm not hungry, but I'm giving myself permission to have some chips because I freaking love chips and right. I just want them and that's okay. Right. As long as I'm not feeling guilty about it, because guilt is such a stressor on your body. Yes. And now you're releasing this toxic chemical in your body that's like your digestion is down, things aren't working. So like we were saying, there's a really big mind and body component to it. But when you're stressed out, regardless of what it is, right? Whether it's CPG brand, whether it's your kids, it's really hard having a four month old and running a business. You know, it's really hard there. And sometimes, and I find this right now, I have a, my kids are four and six. And I know that my trigger like sometimes when I'm like, I need a bowl of chips, it's because instead of taking a walk, I grab like, it's because mm-hmm. I didn't take me time. Like yeah. I, the whole day is about someone else. And I just didn't take that me time where like, if I just sat down and breathed for 10 minutes, yeah, yeah, that would, that would be my fuel. That would be the food I really needed. But you know what? It's not always easy, even for yeah. a health, even for a health coach. <laughs> right. it's, it's, easy. it's not easy. And it actually takes more courage. I feel like to put yourself first in that way, knowing that self-care is not selfish. And, you know, I've had a couple experience over the past few weeks where like my previous tendency is to put everyone before me or to, if I have a moment of time, like turn to work or, um, you know, turn to baby or husband or whatever. But there was like one day where I was like, you know what? I need a walk in the woods. I need to just go on my favorite hike for like 45 minutes. My mother-in-law had the baby and, you know, whereas like my ego wanted so badly for me to go like sit down on my computer and get something done. I was like, that is the last thing that I need to do right now because that won't serve anybody. And it won't serve my business if I'm sitting there miserable and, um, burnout. So, you know, and it can, you know, it takes, a big shift to be able to make a decision like that and to kind of put your self-care first. Yes. That is, that is something that every woman, everyone, not women, every, and everyone yeah. is different. Like my husband doesn't require me time the way I do, or, right. you know, like every, every person is different, but it's almost just being honest with yourself. And like you said, that computer, it just sucks you in. You, yeah. there's always something to do, but I read somewhere like that, the to-do list doesn't end until you're gone. Yeah, that's a good. And then someone else is doing your to do list. I read this, and I think in the book, "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff," which is a great Mm, book for everyone to read. But it's almost like you taking that time, like finding ten minutes in the day that you enjoy just for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about the ten minutes like we spend on Instagram, right? Right. Ten minutes we do so many other things, and like that is fuel. That is fuel for so many things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned being kind to yourself um, and, you know, positive self-talk. What, how does that look different for you these days? And what does that kind of have to do with um, someone's wellness journey, if you will? Yeah. So I was definitely not kind to myself during the CPG days. I think I wasn't kind to myself for most of my life. And it's something that, you know, I, I work on as well, but yeah, um, everyone you know, has to. 
Yep. I always actually say if anyone spoke to us the way we speak to ourselves, we would never be friends with that person. Right. And we would never say the things we say to ourselves to other people. So the way during Buckwat, during the CPG brand, I wasn't kind to myself because I wasn't being honest with myself. And I kept saying like, you can, and it's not like you could do this, like encouragement, like you could do this, like, sh- like shut the F up and like do it. Right. Like it was sort of like, right. like, don't get defeated. Like you could do like, but it wasn't authentic. And like I said, it wasn't driven by internal motivation. Yeah. Nowadays I'm kind to myself in so many ways where, you know, I, look at my kids and I say, I'm a great mom. Like maybe I don't like to play Legos, but I make sure that they are well-fed. I make sure that all their needs are met, that they're getting air outside. We moved to a, we moved actually down South. We moved to a place for them. Like I, you know, you start being kind to yourself is not to have the self hate talk. And it's not always easy. It sometimes takes a good, like guided meditation to get positivity inside. Do I, not have at least one negative message to myself per day still. Of course I do. Like it's, it's, but it's recognizing it and turning it around. There's this concept of every time you have a negative emotion or negative talk or any sort of something negative, you have to follow by three positive things to mm-hmm. negate the negative. So mm-hmm. anytime you're like, oh, I, you know, you think back, like I didn't do this well, think about three things that you did do well. Yeah. You know, and it changes the wiring in our minds, it changes the wiring in our bodies it ultimately really makes our process things so differently. Yeah. So I think now, yeah, I wasn't very kind to myself. I was during the, during book what I think it was just this pressure. Yeah. Nobody wants to be in a pressure cooker the whole time. <laughs> right. So true. And I think what people don't understand is that, you know, with these various life stressors, right? Like you have work stress, you have family stress, you have yes. nutritional stress, but then you have, the inner stress that you actually cause with your own negative self-talk and you're keeping yourself, whether you're aware of it or not, probably in this continuous fight or flight response, um, because your mind hears what you're saying, your body hears what you're saying. And so when you kind of like beat yourself up, you're basically in this continual defense mode as if someone else was out there you know, about to beat you up. Like literally, <laughs> literally your body can't tell the difference. Like right. it's the, the cortisol levels are just as high. <laughs> yeah. And I talk about this actually in a book that I'm writing about how, like, you know, and I connect it to metabolism and, and weight yeah. loss, because when I was health coaching, I, I worked with a lot of women who were trying to lose weight. And I was like, you know, take a, take a good hard look at the way that you're speaking to yourself because yeah, you know, that, that plays a role. Um, yeah. And- or, or even like take a walk instead of doing an hour hit class every day, Yeah, take a walk, like let your cortisol level goes down. Yeah. People sometimes, and I was confused by this as well. And you're so right. This is like where my passion is completely. Cause it's all functional, right? It's sort yeah. of like, you don't sleep. So your body's, you're not going to be able to lose weight. You're stressed. Right. Your body is not going to be able to lose weight, but ultimately when you can't lose weight, there's so many unhealthy consequences of that as well. Yeah. It's a kind, it's, you know, it's finding that balance with everything. Yeah. And it's knowing yourself and, you know, just to be a little vulnerable for a second, like I'm kind of like in that, um, I'm kind of in that right now because, you know, I don't, before baby, I did not weigh myself. Obviously when you are pregnant, you, and you go to these doctor's appointments, they weigh you like every week, but that's not an issue when you're pregnant. But I'm just saying like, now I am in a place where I probably have a good 10 pounds I would like to lose. And that's not necessarily a vanity thing. That's just me 
wanting to feel good in my body. So there's self-care attached to it, but I know that, um, you know, so for the past month, I was actually like, I'm not going to step on the scale and I'm going to see what happens. And, um, full disclosure, I did the other day and I lost 0.2 pounds in one month, (laughs) (laughs) but but I have awareness for it. And I know myself and I can look back and I can say, I'm really effing stressed out. I'm turning to exercise for a sense of control. And I've started to like up the more high intensity workouts, knowing that that's not what my body likes knowing that. I mean, whenever, when I felt my best self and I felt the most fit, um, and strong, I was actually not working out at all. I was just walking and doing yoga. So I'm going back to that place where it's hard though. It is so hard. It's hard. It feels good in the moment to sweat like a maniac. And yes, but I also understand that there will be a time and place for those workouts. But when I am overly stressed, putting more exercise stress on my body is the last thing that it needs to get back into a balanced equilibrium state. Um, so I think that it's always, you know, for lack of a better word, a journey. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of this like journey of self-experiment. And then once you kind of know you have a toolbox, so you can always kind of go back to that toolbox. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing yourself is really important, but getting to know yourself is a journey. Yeah. (laughs) It can be a scary one. Um, (laughs) Gotta be very honest. (laughs) (laughs) But then once you get over the scary part and then you develop more self-compassion. Beautiful. Right. Because you just know you're like, it's okay. You know, I used to be like, why am I feeling like an emotional wreck every time before my period? Like, it's almost like, why, why? Well, just accept it. Your hormone, you can't control your hormones. That's where they are right now. But what can you do to support yourself during this week? Yeah. Like what can you do instead of punishing yourself? Yeah. Like, it's like you ate too much. You go on the treadmill for an hour and a half the next day. Again, not a good combination, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's really learning who you are and that's kind of that intrinsic extrinsic motivation as well. Right. Like knowing who you truly are, what your strengths are towards yourself. Yeah. Like what your triggers are. Like everybody has different triggers. Like, you know, and everyone has different reasons for emotional eating or lack thereof or yeah everyone responds to stress differently, but from a physiological perspective and from an evolutionary perspective, like I'm sure, you know, we as humans are always going to do what's easiest and what's comfortable. So it's really hard to break those long, like those habits that you had most of your life. Yeah. It's really hard. And I think that's a beautiful thing about coaching, um, especially with someone like you who kind of has awareness for all this stuff and can kind of pull that from your clients. Like I, yeah. I think, you know, there's a different, I always told people like, I'm not a traditional dietitian. I'm not going to sit here and hand you the government, my plate and tell you what, when, how <laughs> yes, to hopefully eat. not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't count calories, et cetera, et cetera. But what I think is amazing about a coach is like so many people, when they would come do an initial consult to me, like nine times out of 10, it would be like, I know what to do, but, and it's like, you know, the coaching is kind of this partnership where like, you know what to do, but you have this encourager, this cheerleader to kind of pull out from you, what you already know, and kind of keep you going on track to reach your goals. Um, it's sort of like, seeing the forest for the trees. Yeah. I think that relates back to CPG as well, right? Like when you're in it, mm-hmm. when you're in it, it's really hard to see the big picture. I think yeah. I probably should have said that before. You don't see the big picture. Yeah. You're just going through the motions on a daily basis. You're 
calling stores, you're calling distributors, you're doing the next step and the next step and the next step. Maybe having a career, maybe having a coach in that sense would have been good too. And this is where with the same thing with everyday life with weight loss or anything like that, right? It's like mm-hmm. the coach, we see the big picture. We kind of, we create a, a route, but as you probably know yourself, it's, it's really, it's really the client and everyone has it in them to do it. It's just finding what works for you, for each person individually. That's why diets yeah. don't work. We could all agree exactly. that diets don't work. <laughs> yeah, diets don't work. Title of this podcast. Yes. No, titles, titles, titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that being said, kind of what kind of clients do you attract? Like, what do you find yourself working most with your clients on? Yeah. So I'm functional medicine trained. So I do work with patients. I work with a, mm. with a physician two days a week. And that's something that's completely different. We work through very intense food plants, but also through, you know, these, these patients could have, um, Lyme disease, hormonal imbalance. I mean, very like, but on a privately, um, I work with lifestyle changes. I know that kind of encompasses a lot, but, um, I'm going to be fully honest because I think honesty is important. Mm-hmm. I'm not niched right now. I have mm-hmm. a skill set that allows me to work with different people, whether it's weight loss, whether it's stress, sleep, my passion is to uncover the stressors. My passion is to, recreate habits, um, Mm -hmm. find what works and create just, uh, maybe like a blueprint for life for the patient. I love looking out at what a patient or what a client eats, you know, and being like, okay, well, we can make changes here because sometimes, and this is again, something I always say, like you wouldn't put diesel into a regular car and expect it to work. So I've worked with women who think they're eating healthy, but they're eating like hundred calorie packs still. Right. Or they're eating like non-fat yogurt with, you know, just not realizing that their body needs fat, their body needs protein. And sometimes, you know, you have someone comes to you and they're like, I'm starving at 3 PM. It's like, well, what did you have for breakfast? Yeah. Oh, you know, just some oatmeal, like you need protein, you need fat, you need things. So, um, basically kind of right now, I'm, I am still exploring the niche side to be honest, but, Mm -hmm. um, when my, my passion is to create long-term like behavior changes. Mm-hmm. So unlike a diet, recognizing what works for the person and making those changes on a daily basis. I've had women that have come for weight loss, but ultimately they've walked away with like this immense knowledge about what health really is. And yeah, um, I do like working with moms. I have two little kids. My kids eat very well. And I recognize the challenge with that. Mm-hmm. And I love guiding that as a family, like where family, but I've also worked with baby boomers who are just ready to live their healthiest and happiest lives. Their kids yeah. are, are married and off. Yeah. Um, like that is an amazing demographic because they just really want to make these changes. They don't yeah. want to be stressed. They want to yeah. kick old habits, create new ones and enjoy life. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm just so passionate about helping anyone reach their health goals. Mm, I love that. And Um, you know, I think I always would ask my clients, like you probably have, and I don't want to use the word ideal, but you have this better version of health for yourself. Um, let's start there and kind of like work backwards, if you will, and where we can fill in the gap. So I think everyone has, has that even, um, you know, I'm sure you and I both like having done this for years and years, it's just like, you still have a way that you can, Oh, I want to bring back my meditation practice or what have you like there's right. different things. And, and you know what, to be honest, yeah. I work with a health coach myself. I, 
I think it's so important. I see that what are the benefits of having a health coach and I do meet yeah. with them and we'll always be like, well, what do you want to focus on today? Right. It's always the client's choice. And I'll be like, you know, my kids are annoying the shit out of me. I don't know what to do this week. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, I do want to meditate more, or I'm finding that I'm feeling guilty about things, or I'm finding that I'm not being present when I'd like to be. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I got the food and movement thing down packed at this point, Yeah, but there's a lot of work to be done with other things to get to the ultimate place. And like you said, the first thing I do start with clients is saying, well, what is your long-term goal? Like, where do you want to be six years from now? Where do you want right. to be a month from now? Right. What are your expectations of yourself? And then we work yeah. towards those goals. And it's beautiful because people sometimes have all this self-doubt, but they really can do it. And they, if you yeah. just do it one baby step at a time, yeah. like no one is running a marathon overnight, right? You got to train. Right. right. So yeah. Right. So, so true. And yeah. And I mean, I've had a health coach, I've had a business coach. I now have a life coach who I've been working with for almost four years. It's just like, there's such a beautiful thing about coaching and knowing that like as humans, it's a beautiful thing that we don't have to go at it alone. Like, you know, yeah. lean on other people and take the ego out of it and ask for help, you know? And, I think and there's that self-care piece, right? Like allow yeah. yourself to have the time for yourself by working with a health coach. Cause there's yeah. Their, their role is just to listen to you. It's your time. Yeah. It's no one else's. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, you are a busy mom. You're um, an entrepreneur. You um, are taking care of yourself on a day-to-day basis. Um, what would be kind of the biggest, like, do you ever take shortcuts? Like, let's say you get home at the end of the day and you're tired and you don't feel like cooking. Like, what do you do? Like, what are kind of some of your health and wellness hacks being so busy, but also maintaining a sense of self-care. Yeah, absolutely. So my health hacks are just not about me. They're about my family too, because Mm. I'm responsible for their health. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if it was just about me, it'd be a little bit easier. My number one thing is sleep. It's a non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, my kids go to sleep early. This was a training from the, from the the day they were born, um, Mm -hmm. that they went to sleep with a schedule. And when I say there's one piece of advice for parents out there that are or new parents, it's routine, 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 routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but you will be so grateful for it. So with my kids, their bedtime, they, they, they're both sleeping by seven 30. I need that time after Yeah, I'm going to sleep by nine 30, 10, like nine 15 rolls around. If I happen to be watching something with my husband, I'm like, it's time to turn it off. Like I, yeah. it's a non-negotiable. I am a much better person when I sleep, yeah. my body works better. Um, other hacks is like for my kids, like I make a huge batch of these pancakes. These are super healthy, buffy pancakes in advance. So I know that mornings are easy. I could just pop those in the toaster oven with some berries. And I know that their, their needs before school are met. Um, there's a few things that I love to make. Like people get a little skeptical about frozen fish and frozen meats and frozen vegetables and food. I always have very good quality frozen salmon in the mm-hmm. freezer that I actually get shipped from New York from Fulton That's market. Awesome. Highly recommended. Highly <laughs> recommended. They offer free shipping uh-huh. um, that I could always pop in the air fryer. Um, I plan my week, like as much as I get made fun of for this from my, my husband and my fa- friends, sometimes I'm a huge planner. I think if you plan, you're setting yourself up for success. So Mm -hmm. I know exactly what night we're going to be having. What it doesn't mean I have to have all the ingredients available. We live in a world now, everybody delivers. You can have whole foods, deliver your food. I mean, depending where you live, obviously. Right. But I know that like 
on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, my kids come home a little bit later. I bring them home. So it has to be something my husband could just reheat in the oven or throw on the grill, something manly, something that his skills could, but planning to me is key. Like Mm -hmm. just kind of having a general idea what's happening for dinner. And if there's a one-off night where I'm like, I just don't feel like cooking, we will, it's okay to order in. It doesn't really happen that often. I also, my husband and I also have a date night every single week. It's so important to get away from your kids. Yeah. (laughs) It's so important to have that one-on-one time. It's important to get out of the house. It's important not to cook a meal. Yeah. um, Or I'm cooking for my kids before I leave. So definitely I have to list them off. Sleep, Mm -hmm. prep, and make time for either just yourself or your, you know, with um, your significant other. I love that. And we could probably do a whole other episode on sleep. Cause I know that that's kind of something that you specialize in. You've written articles for healthified magazine before on sleep, um, which I'll link those in the show notes. Um, but I know we are kind of running out of time and I could talk to you for another hour, but I've got to leave <laughs> my nanny. Um, so just some final questions. Um, what are you kind of inspired and excited about whether in your own life or in the wellness space in general? Well, there's so much growth happening in the wellness space and so much it's, it's evolving at such a fast pace that it could be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mostly inspired by um, seeing that people have it within them to make this change, right? Every day I'm inspired by my clients and my patients. And even on the days where you know, we, we haven't had as much growth. There is that understanding that you can do it and you can move forward. Um, yeah. I'm excited about, I get excited with the seasons changing, like the next step, the next thing that's happening. So I did this, um, I, I do also group coaching and we did this really nice activity I quickly share it. And we did it last week. So it was exactly six months from when we would have spring, right? Mm-hmm. So six months, we're all about to kind of hibernate. We're not really having as much um, fall. I mean, summer produce, summer, summer produce is gone, but even the fall produce is going to start dwindling yeah. out soon. And it's sort of like, where do you want to be six months from now? Like when you come out, if you were a bear and you were coming out of hibernation on April 21st, like, where do you want to be? And like, mm-hmm. then we work backwards and create weekly habits that are like 10 minute habits. I you know, if, if the goal is to be more mindful, taking those 10 minutes of meditation per week, it doesn't have to yeah. be doesn't have to be over, um, anything strenuous. Um, I I just get really excited about that. I get excited about creating goals, not just with clients, but for myself as well. It's, it's it's really, really fun. No, that's awesome. And that's so great to have that like forward thinking approach and knowing that like, you know, the road to get there are just, is just made by these choices. And so bringing consciousness to those like smaller choices that you can kind of break down in order to achieve what you're looking to achieve, it can be a very empowering thing. Yeah. And it's also, we're approaching the holidays and the holidays is a tricky time. Like, you know, yeah, because there's so much, there's like this immense pressure of focus on the food. Oh my God, there's gonna be all these parties and food, but what if we looked at it from a different like perspective, like it's family time, right? Exactly. We get so focused on it's because our society, we think about Thanksgiving. The first thing is like the first thing, if I said Thanksgiving, you're going to say Turkey, right? right? You might not say like cousin Bob, who I haven't seen in 10 years, yeah. I'm going to get to talk to him for 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's almost finding those things to fuel yourself, to feed yourself. Um, and I, I just love, like I could sit and browse healthy recipes all day long. Like yeah, I yeah. love that there's a healthy recipe for everything these days. Yeah. So I get so excited about the holidays. Cause I get to like 
cook different things. I get, I love cooking with my kids too. Another fun thing to do is just get them in the kitchen. Kids are more likely to eat something that they made. So they're more likely to eat a vegetable if they chopped it themselves. That's a really good advice. I will remember that, um, you know, for five years down the road, but (laughs) yeah, no. And I, and I, we could also do another separate episode on, um, healthy holidays because, you know, you're so right where I would always encourage people like, yes, food is a very big part of the holidays. It's an emotional thing. You gather around the table, et cetera, but bring your focus to the other things too, like the family and the friends and, um, you know, the different activities. So I love that. Um, all right. My last question is just where can people find you? Oh, um, well, thank you for asking that. Um, so you could email me, um, Leanne Ribakov, which is L-E-E-A-N-N-R-Y-B-A-K-O-V at gmail.com. Um, I have a website, leannribakoffwellness.com and Instagram, Leanne R Wellness. Um, I'm not terribly present on Instagram all that much, but I'm there, I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. I love to connect. Um, I always offer a free consultation, even up to an hour just to talk through goals. So, um, if anyone is curious to see, just to talk, you know, sometimes we don't give ourselves that time to put the focus on ourselves. So I love those conversations when people just uncover everything that they want to work towards. So those are, but yeah, email me, we could set up a time to chat. It would be lovely. Yes. Amazing. And anyone would be lucky to have you as a coach. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation. I know there's so many amazing nuggets that people are going to learn from. Um, and I know we'll be in touch about all the things. Thank you for having me and congratulations again. And Keep making those gratified bars. I have my, (laughs) my entire family, including my kids are addicted. So they are absolutely delicious. (laughs) Thank you. Hearing that keeps me going. I appreciate it. I will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthified podcast and hope you enjoyed this episode. If it resonated with you, please share it with a friend or rate and review the podcast, which helps us share the health with more people. For further learning, be sure to check out the linked resources in the show notes and you can connect with us on Instagram at Healthified and at Gratified. Until next time.